0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to Luke's Mind Power. This podcast is produced to enlighten, inspire, motivate, and move you into your power place. Your mind is powerful, and when you connect it with your heart, you become superpowered. That is why I believe that loving yourself is the secret to success and living your dreams. I'm your host, Luke Mind Power. Let's begin what's up everyone welcome to another episode i hope you're having an amazing day wherever you are and if you're not just know that it's okay because if you're listening to us now we're going to inspire you empower you and we're going to change the spirit of your day i have an amazing guest with me today her name is cassie I met her through Speak and Inspire when I did my speaking course with Mind Valley and the amazing Lisa Nichols. And since then, we have taken some massive action to to grow and develop ourselves and work on ourselves. And we even got to meet at the Mind Valley reunion back in March 2019, which was amazing. But time has flown so quickly and uh, it's already been over a year again. It's nearly two years now since we've met. So uh, I have so much to, to talk about with Cassie and uh, yeah, please help me in welcoming her to my podcast. Hey,
1: Luke. How are you?
0: I'm great, Cassie. Thank you so much for joining. Yeah.
1: Thanks for having me. I appreciate the invite. It's always good to see you and talk to you and... Have a good conversation.
0: Yeah, it's been a long time, man. Like, like you said, you know, time has flown, and uh, we've done a lot of work, uh, yeah. you know, on ourselves personally, which is, you know, very inspiring to watch your journey and see all the things that you're going through. Tell us a little bit about your book, for example. I know that's one of the things that you've been working on and, and getting that out. What was the inspiration behind that?
1: Yeah. You know, it was kind of an interesting experience because it's not out yet. It's a work in progress. Um, I was approached by a publicizer to enter a contest. And at the time, I wasn't like fully prepared. I didn't have the vision of where I was heading, but I knew I was heading that direction, if that makes sense. So they gave me a nice push to get started and to get it out there. And um, especially with, uh, I work with a lot of kids and parents and stuff. So and my message is powerful and it's needed and so I got started on this book I did their their contest I didn't win and that was okay because the beauty of going through their experience it allowed me to gain so much clarity on my own message my own um purpose and also my intention behind the book so I've been learning a tremendous amount um, of of insight to like my why to what I really want to say and how I want to say it. And now I'm working with a different coach and I'm getting the language behind it because I really want it to be powerful and beneficial.
0: And what is the, what is the, the, the story of, of the book and what is the purpose of even you doing Speak and Inspire, for example, because uh, I know that public speaking is a, one of the biggest fears of m- most people. Uh, was the book part of your action into going into Speak and Inspire, or was this something that eventuated just because of your journey of, of you know self development and and uh, you know your own awakening?
1: Yeah. So the um, the book was not part of Speak and Inspire. And to be honest with you, Luke, when I signed up for Lisa Nichols um, Speak and Inspire, I thought it was more about communication and just like. Basic getting comfortable with speaking again, you know, I'm a mom, I'm raising kids, I'm working. I haven't been speaking or in front of a group in a while. So I thought it'd be a good way just to like dust off the dust, you know, Um, get back into it. And when I started the program, it got personal and it got real really fast because if, for those of you that's experienced Lisa Nichols program, it's much more than just speaking. Uh, So, when I started that program, I was at a crossroads in my, my life and it was just all divine intervention. It was perfect timing because the skills and the, the work that was done through that course just literally threw me up into this area of growth and self-development and self-awareness. The book came after that. The book came as I started doing more live videos, started speaking up more, sharing my message more. The reason the book is so important to me is I feel, well, can I share a little bit about my story first before I go there? Yeah. So um, I'm a mom. I'm a proud mom of a couple boys. I have a nine-year-old and a 12-year-old and being a mom is like the greatest gift ever. I love being a parent and communication has always been super important to me. You know, growing up the way I grew up, I didn't have a very, I didn't have a healthy family, a healthy, connected family. There was little to no communication. And when I got pregnant, I swore that when I had my kids, we would talk. They would always feel safe enough to talk to me and they wouldn't have to go through stuff alone like I did. Right. So I established communication with my boys from a young age. So we always had very good talking. It was important to me. So I remember my son was eight, and I was putting him to bed one night, and uh, my older son, when he was eight, okay? And he, in a low voice, he was like, Mom, I wanna tell you something. I don't want you to get upset. And first off, that was a red flag because he's my type A forward-spoken personality, and he was very low-key that night. Just something was off. And I said, yeah, go ahead. You know, you can share whatever. You know how we work. You can talk about anything you need to and we'll work it out um, and that night he told me that he goes I'm not the version of myself that my family loves and and I'm not wanted and everyone thinks there's something wrong with me and I don't think I want to live life anymore he literally said he's not loved and not worthy now as a mom and I'm a by all definitions of a good mom I fulfill those roles I'm a, I'm a great mom so to hear my son say that he was thinking about not wanting to live his life, that he felt unloved, not worthy, um, come to the conclusion that he was broken enough and not wanted just shattered my whole world. So it really, it was a turning point in my life. Because at that moment, I I was like in my head, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking how How could I, I'm not that good. I'm more like my family than I thought because my own son's wanting to kill himself, you know? So I had all these things going on, but instead of spinning out of control, I asked him why. And like, I'm like, when did you start feeling like this? Tell me more. And as he started sharing my whole world, just my eyes were opened wide. He introduced me to, a the reality of how unaware I was of so much stuff. And that night was a turning point. I set out on a mission to learn, to grow. I I was determined to teach that kid everything he needed to know about himself so that he would want to choose to live life, right? So the reason I'm so focused on this book now is because I think it's important that parents hear the story, but also, I'm not afraid to speak up anymore. And I talk about the stuff that people don't like to talk about, the uncomfortable stuff. And parents are hiding behind shame and guilt or just not knowing what to do when they have a child that they're struggling with or out of control and there's no communication. And given my experience and what I've had to face and what we've gone through, I've become really, um, really great at coaching and teaching these principles, how to help parents and kids understand who they are in themselves. So the purpose behind the book is I want it to be like, a, I want it to be a transformational uh, introduction to redefining parenting, to give parents the tools to see parenting from a different perspective maybe, in addition to the skills that they can implement. Like if someone was around to help me when I was struggling, the way I help the families I work with, it would like, it would, it's a game changer. So I truly feel like all that stuff that we went through, having a suicidal child, um, all the aggressiveness, the behaviors, all of it served a greater purpose. And I feel that the book is part of that purpose.
0: Cassie, do, do you or were you able to go deeper into the cause of why your son was feeling that way in that moment were you able to dissect no the the feelings and emotions that he was dealing with and and how that all came up
1: no so here's what how that conversation played out was in my head i was kind of spinning but i i'm really good at being able to stay together that's my my thing right um so i just asked him i said you know can you tell me more when did you start feeling like this? And, and baby, why? And he shared. And my kids are well-spoken because um, remember, I told you communication is really important. So I've always had really good communication with my boys. But And I'll share with you some of the stuff he said. He's like, I'm always yelled at. I, everyone tells me I don't listen. Anything I do is not the right way. If I'm doing something, I'm told, no, not that way. Do it this way. Why can't you just sit down and be quiet and don't move? Be still. Stop moving. Stop this. Stop that. What's wrong with you? Why are you causing trouble in school? You don't listen. Why can't you follow directions? It's like the everyday language, that everyday expectations that we put on the kids. But in that immediate moment, I I didn't have the ability to dissect all that. So what I said to him was, I'm so proud of you for telling me, I'm glad you felt safe enough to share with me. And I said, you know, I want you to know that it's okay to feel like this, but I also want you to know that we're going to learn more about this because it's not true. And I want you to learn to see yourself as I see yourself because you're amazing. And I go, you know, but I'm really glad you told me. And he goes, okay, well, thanks mom. And, I, and, and we finished our conversation, I'm like, I love you. And I walked out of his room, I walked out of his room thinking, oh my God, what a failure. What have I done? What have I done as a mom? I totally failed because my kids wanted to kill himself. I came in my room, I remember sitting on my bed crying because I thought I did this. I wasn't good enough. I, I wasn't different enough from my family. I didn't do a good enough job. And then all of a sudden, I got quiet and I just thought, the next thought in my head, you know that internal dialogue, that internal voice we have? I thought, that's my kid, he's eight years old, I'm the flipping adult. What am I gonna do with this? Well, and, that, and then it, was, it became, it's my responsibility, he was my gift. I gave birth to that child, it's my responsibility to do everything in my power to teach him, to educate him, to help him. And that's what I chose to do. And what I had to do first was look at myself. How did we get here? How did our life come to this? How did he feel the way he felt and I never noticed? So I literally did like, and I'm talking literally, the next day started reevaluating me, my life, my marriage, our house, the way he's talked to, the way we, everything personal. And I immediately started learning a lot about myself.
0: That's amazing. And so how long ago was this?
1: So he's 12 now. He was eight.
0: So this is four years years ago.
1: Yeah. And And it's been,
0: how much growth has there been now in four, in four years?
1: Oh my gosh. It's tremendous. Um, I can't tell you. We went from, having uh, holes in my walls, skateboards thrown at my head, having to pull ropes off of his neck. Um, We've gone through a lot of stuff and we have a team, we've been in therapy. You know what helped him the most was teaching him about himself, the fundamental principles of who he is, how his brain works, how emotional, Emotional IQ, how our emotions work and how he can control them. Like we started growing together. I think today we have communication skills and I'm not saying it's easy. Nothing is ever easy, but what I'm saying is, is that all of the mess served a greater purpose and the skills and the development that I've had as an individual, as a woman, because of my child, has been tremendous. And I think that's where I like to talk most to parents because oftentimes as a parent, we have our parenting hat on, right? It's our job to raise the kids, feed the kids, they go to school. We, you know, we have our expectations of what it looks like and what their life, what we're supposed to do. And we check off that list, right? And the truth is, is there's no list to check off. The truth is, is that you grow together, you learn together, and we're dealing with another human being. And my son's challenges gave me the opportunity to learn and to grow, to understand that. If that makes sense, you know, Um, sometimes we just have to take off our parenting hat and put it down for a second and realize that we're human beings first. What happened to me is I was so wrapped up in, the roles of life and the responsibilities that we take on as adults. You know, you're a wife, you're a mom. Um, if you're a daughter, if it, whatever your role is in life, it all comes with responsibilities. And you, you have these ideas of what you have to take care of and what you're supposed to do. But the day my son said he felt worthless and wanted to die, that was the day I was like, whoa, hold on. I'm not doing that anymore. And then I started learning, that I was living life on automatic, right? I was missing so many pieces. So now, fast forward four years, I'm in schools working with teens and I work with parents and I I get this beautiful opportunity to help our youth and adults understand who they are because we all get so bogged down by what we're dealing with that we forget and we miss some of the most important keys. So it's like the amount of growth in four years has been tremendous.
0: And, you know, I think back to, to how my parents raised me and I've also been able to be blessed with experiencing my sisters raising their children, living with them and seeing the children grow up. And Mm -hmm. so I want to ask you, what do you think is the missing key to, uh, you know, the, the, the right evolution of a child that, that is the, the main problem as to why children are disconnected and why they don't feel that, that love and connection? that they should, you know, I see it that everyone's so busy these days that, you know, especially if you have four children, for example, or more, right. You're in such a chaotic state every single day to get everything done and manage things that you don't have the time to give that child that attention and that love, nor the energy to actually be bothered to, to, Want to sit with your child for two hours and read a book or whatever because there's so much
1: other things going on in your mind. Right. You know, I don't know if I know the answer or the key. I could just speak from my experience and what I've learned, right? What's your and key? My key is everybody has to take responsibility, and that sometimes you can't let the labels and the titles run who you are. So let's talk about parents for a second, right? I just published a piece on this, parenting versus a dictatorship. I think the definition of parenting, if you ask people what they feel about it, and when I talk to people, parents think you tell your kid what to do, how to do it, it's your way, it's your house, it's your rules, it's your plan. You want them to get good grades. You have all these exp- expectations for them. And we unintentionally put that on them. But it's not always who they are or how they are. We, f- we forget sometimes, and I think that we need to be reminded that our kids, they're our children, but they're also human beings. Like They have their own Um, their own path to walk, their own life to walk. And sometimes what we expect or our vision of what raising them looks like doesn't work for them. So I think flexibility and really understanding yourself first and being open to see your child or a child as an opportunity to learn. Like I truly say, I tell people, and when I speak, I even say this, my once suicidal son saved my life and everyone looks at me like I'm insane. And I tell you why I say that. The reason when I, when he shared his, his thoughts and my child, like that's the parent's greatest fear is having your child. I mean, could you imagine hearing your own child say that, but because of that, I looked at myself, and when I looked at myself, I saw how much I didn't know about myself, how much I didn't understand about myself. So if I don't understand myself, how can I connect on a real connection level with my kid, if that makes sense? So I, it truly starts within. So I think the missing component is we have to take off the damn labels and the titles and realize we're human beings first. Even if you're talking about a six-year-old or a 10-year-old, even if it's your child, teenagers especially, it's like, we have to shift the perspective a little bit on how we speak to each other, our expectations of each other, our delivery of how we communicate, all these skills. And another thing I learned from my son are some of these skills, you assume that they know, but we don't model. Like I want honesty and open communication, but I wasn't giving honesty and open communication. If that makes sense, right? You have to be what you want them to be. You can't just say how you want them to be, but then be something else. So I think there's, um, There's a lot of parents, and when I work with parents, they're so wrapped up in the roles and the responsibility and the weight of all the stuff that they forget the basic connection piece. And then on the kid's side, it's it's like no one teaches them. No one talks about, like when I'm working with the high, I was just in high school today, virtually, of course, but no one talks about... um, life skills no one talks about how to navigate your emotions or how to have a conversation no one talks about how if you want to talk to your parents don't raise your tone or don't talk at them or else your parents are going to get mad no one teaches anymore how to navigate the basic fundamentals of of being human beings interaction connection listening you know and i think that's a lot of the stuff missing
0: Maths and, and science and uh, geography and uh, English is more important, Cassie, you know?
1: <laughs> Not anymore, Luke. <laughs> and I got to tell you too, it's like, and you know, I never, I didn't realize the importance of it until I went down the path that I, that I was given, right? And now when I work with kids and you hear them, I want anyone who watches this that has kids know that they are craving this insight. Like Luke, you would be amazed at, at the high schoolers. Our kids are so bright and so smart at such young ages. And also the other part I think that's missing. And this has been my experience working with kids and being in schools and then working with parents. Like I get this beautiful opportunity because I get to connect with both sides. So I get to see, the, the gap kind of. And then because communication's my vein, I get to help them figure it out and, and bridge that gap. And it's such a beautiful thing to watch because it's like everybody wants to know. When I'm in a school and I give like my first go around with them, they're like, how come no one talks to us about this? How come no one teaches us? And like, that's a good question. That's why we need to shift. That's why we need to redefine our education system. That's why we need to talk and have real talk. And because of the way our kids grow up, they are slammed with so much information so fast at such young ages. And I think parents still believe that we're in control and that we can prevent it and that we can like navigate it to still have our kids be raised the way we want them to. But the truth is, is it's really, we don't have control. I want you to know at third grade, we're seeing porn already. The language being used in third grade, the adult content our kids are slammed with because they're growing up with technology and the world that we live in require as, as parents to have to get over our own uncomfortable feelings about certain topics and be able to embrace conversation because if we like it or not, our kids are getting the exposure to it. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's a lot.
0: Well, that's technology for you, but yeah. I mean, like you mentioned, you know, you can only talk from your own experiences and, and again, you know, I know that one, yeah, we could look at uh, children being raised and, you know, for example, if you have a negative household, for example, or you're a child and you feel like you're, not wanted, or you don't feel connected with your parents, or your parents don't have enough time to give you enough love to give you. They're busy working and managing other things, and you feel disconnected. Then you feel insecure about yourself. Then you don't feel safe. Then you have low self-esteem. Then you have low self-confidence. Then you get bullied at school. All these kind of experiences, yeah. right, yeah. that, that happen to a lot of kids. I went through it as well. You can say yeah. that that is a positive in a sense where it's building you up man it's teaching you something it's good that you're going through that i mean i i'm grateful that i went through those experiences because it's it's made me who i am absolutely uh, and i mean i know that there's a lot of positives that that you can look at and say yeah but that that's good that's good that they go through that kind of because that develops character right but right. it can also develop can also develop suicidal thoughts it can also yeah. develop depression it can also Develop uh, a child being raised to eventually have so much hatred within himself that he goes and hurts someone else because hurt people hurt people. You only right. project on to the outs, uh, to the exterior world what you have within yourself. So if you don't feel good, you want other people's to to feel uh, other people. <laughs> I'm just catching yeah. myself. You want other people, <laughs> other people's to to feel that negativity and that pain that you have within yourself, right? Yeah. Uh, And so, you know, I have to catch myself on uh, my unawareness of my ego and my own relationships that I was previously in, that I was hurting within myself. And yet I was projecting that onto my partners because I was unaware of how to love myself. I was unaware of, you know, just even thinking, hang on, you know, treat others how you would like to be treated. Would you like to be treated with love and respect or treat right. others like that too? Right. right. Um, and yeah,
1: yeah, No, know it's very true and I think it sounds so simple and basic, right. To treat others like you want to be treated. But when you add on the titles and the labels and life's chaos, the simple disappears and you forget about the, the basics. And I think that's what's important. And the truth is, is all of our kids I mean we've all experienced stuff, and it does teach you. But can you imagine if we taught our kids how to understand their control, or how to understand words like "perspective" or "tonality, and how to actually have a conversation about um, their emotions and controlling it? Literally, my son would put holes in my walls and break stuff. In school, he would throw desks and stuff. When we, when I taught my first class in a, in a school room, in a classroom, they were fourth and fifth graders. Right. And we were doing an, uh, we were doing a class on emotions and a little boy raised his hand and he's like, I am so tired of everyone telling me I'm angry all the time. And I'm not even angry, but then I get angry because everyone keeps telling me that I'm angry. And then other kids are like, I get that too. You know, I'm tired of, of, that happens to you. I'm tired of being told how I feel when that's not how I feel. But no one teaches them how to express how they feel. So then in that class, after we had that conversation and we we expanded a little bit about emotional awareness and how they can control it, do you know the behaviors of the children together in the class changed? They had more understanding of one another. They could relate to each other better simply because they learned a few skills. They realized they weren't the only ones dealing with the stuff. Does that make sense? Everybody deals with stuff. We have to talk about all of it is, is the only missing piece. If we talk about it, we can navigate it. We can't slow down technology, you know, we you have to embrace it and try to to have communication skills so that your your kids are comfortable with speaking to you without judgment. I think if I could say one thing that I am most grateful for, and this piece I didn't even realize until at um, when I spoke last before all this COVID stuff, I spoke and. Uh, one of the people in the room made this comment and I didn't even realize this. She goes, do you know how amazing it is that your child even told you that? And I thought to myself, you know what? I never realized that. And that was, that was the, that's the piece. He felt safe enough. He felt comfortable enough. I had given him that, even though everything else wasn't perfect. No one's perfect, but he felt, he could talk, that saved his life. So I feel that now speaking on these things and teaching the way I teach and doing the work I do and working with families, I went through all that to be able to help families figure it out sooner and not get to a point where your kid wants to kill themselves. And that's why I'm so passionate about the book and the speaking and being in schools and talking talking about the topics. Sometimes they're uncomfortable, but it's okay. We have to talk about them.
0: Well, emotional intelligence is something that I've had to recently learn myself and being aware of my emotions and actually giving attention to them to understand why they're there and what they are and not suppressing your feelings and emotions. Because most of the time, because we're never taught to, Uh, give them exactly we're never taught to give them attention right so you know at 35 I moved back to my parents house after living with myself living with my sisters friends for 15 years after you know my parents moved away and at 35 I move by the grace of God or the universe somehow everything aligned and it was my calling. I felt it intuitively. It's time to go back home. It's time to go back to your, to live with your parents. And, and I followed that, that call and it was, Mm -hmm. and it has been, still is one of the best things that I've ever done in my life. And, you know, I just, I had this, this uh, barrier every time I would see my parents for the last 15 years, you know, I was this high and mighty ego driven, you know, mature or whatever you want to call me, dude, you know, 28 year old, 29 year old, 30 year old, I've got it all together, but no, Mm -hmm. I didn't. I just put that show on to show that, you know, I had... Control of my life. I knew who I was. But deep down inside, I was still seeking that validation. I was still hurting. I was still not fulfilled, not happy. I still didn't have that true, true connection with my parents. You know, I wanted them to think that I was okay. And they wanted to have that connection with me, but they didn't know how to do it. And they had to let me write it out. And so it's amazing that after such a long time and and given my journey over the last couple of years, somehow things aligned. And I say, Hey mom, I'm moving home. And so I come home and for the first six weeks, it was really, really challenging. But the biggest thing for me was that no, and I still maybe I had a bit of an ego, but I just, I came here with the intention that, hey, I'm going to come here and I'm going to show my parents who their son really is. You know, I'm not going to bow down to their beliefs and their way of life. I'm going to come into this house and I'm going to really show them who I am according to me, not according to their expectations, not according to my family or my friends or the culture, but according to Luke. And, and at first, the first six weeks was really challenging because there was a lot of conflict. There was a lot of conversations. There was a lot of resistance. There wasn't a lot of acceptance of this is what I believe. This is what you believe. What you believe is wrong. And what I believe is right. Religion is bullshit. Spirituality is the way to go. Right. And so what I found was that I had to bring attention to a lot of triggers, a lot of emotions coming up which if I hadn't given attention to them, then every single day, without a doubt, my mom or my dad, but mostly my mum, because, you know, she's very uh, she loves to, to bring religion into a lot of the conversation, which surprisingly now doesn't bother me. I wonder why. I wonder why, how did I heal that? I was triggered every single time prior to this experience that I'm going through now every time she would bring religion into the story, I would be triggered. I would be annoyed. You know, she would, it would would feel like she's pushing me down this road that I don't want to go down. Right. Because I have to believe in what she believes in. And that's the truth, you know, but with my attention to my emotions, my triggers, my understanding that, Hey, Luke, you don't need your mother's validation and love for you to be whole and complete because that's deep down what I was seeking. I just wanted mom. I wanted mom so badly to just say, Luke, I love you. I support you. I believe in you, whatever it is that you want to do in your life, go and do it. And I support you hundred percent. That's what I wanted. And that was what the 14 year old Luke wanted as well, which he didn't get. Mm -hmm. So for all these years, I wanted that love and that affection and that, that connection that, but I didn't, didn't have that. Didn't know how to get it. I just wanted her to give it to me, but you know, if she, and that's why I say, if you don't, you only project what you have within yourself, right? So she couldn't give it to me because she didn't have it herself. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Right. And you can, everyone can argue with me on this, but this is in my own humble opinion and this is something that I've learned. Right. And so now, Me giving myself that attention through these conversations that I had with her and these moments of being triggered with my parents, having conversations about what I do, what I speak about, seeing my posts on Facebook, my dad questioning me about why I'm swearing. Why are you posting this? That's not very good. It it doesn't show you in a positive way. You know, Mm -hmm. judging me for, for who I am, why I believe what I believe and so having these kind of conversations with my parents i was like man i don't need to justify myself to my parents but it was amazing because i stepped back and i started writing i started to self assess myself i started mm-hmm. to sit, you know sit in silence meditate if i got stressed or i was triggered by my mum uh, saying something to be about my, you know, that I look skinny or whatever, I would be triggered. I'd come into my room and I'd sit, I'd sit here on my desk and I'd I'd think to myself, why do I feel this way? Why? Why am I triggered? Why? What's going on? Yeah. And then I would start writing and then I would sit down and I would meditate and I would sit with my thoughts and I'd take a, take take a time out, you know? And so going through that, eventually I got to the point where I sat down with my parents and I read them about 12 pages that I'd written about my life, about why I acted the way that I did when I was younger, why I stole money, why I, you know, all these things that I did when I was a kid that I see now that were, it was all about attention. I wanted attention, but I didn't get it. I wanted their connection, but I didn't get it. I wanted the love, but I didn't get it. And I didn't know how to ask for it either. Mm -hmm. So my own personal journey is actually have a lot of connection with what you're talking about, because everything comes back to your, your environment and the way that you were raised and your connection with your parents. And in today's modern day society, especially if you've brought two, three, four kids into this world, What's your main priority to put food on the table to pay the bills? It's very hard to have that time to sit and give that attention to the child, you know? And again, I do not uh, resent my parents one bit, you know, they did the best they could. But now I I have the conscious intention now for my own life, for my own future, that if I raise a child or I bring a child into this world, I will make sure that I have time. And that time is the most valuable thing in this planet that a lot of us do not have because we're so busy trying to survive.
1: Well, I tell you the gift in having my son, his experiences, you realize that you have more time than you think you do. You just, most of the time, on autopilot doing what you think you have to until you choose to change it. And as you gain more awareness to change it. So literally when my son said, Hey, I don't want to live my life. That was like, well, breaks, everything shifted like everything in my life shifted. And that's when I work with families. That's one of the things is sometimes it's just simple conversations to shift perspective to realize that you don't have to be as busy as you have to be. And, and not even that, I think it's the unintentional, we cause unintentional harm. Like we don't know it, but the way we speak to our kids, I mean, if they're acting a certain way and it makes you un- me uncomfortable, I lash out at the kid because I want to control it because I don't want to be uncomfortable. So I'm shutting the child down. You know what I'm saying? So it's like parenting's, it's a lot about the parent. Parenting a child that challenges you gives you an opportunity to, to grow and to evolve beyond what you think you know. But more importantly, I think it exposes what you don't know, what you're not aware of. So it's like, I, I feel that we have to get reconnected with who we are and what you shared about how you went in your room and you wrote down, okay, why did that trigger me? That's actually uh, something I do with the parents I work with. When a kid, when one of their ch- the children or the child they're work- having problems with has a certain behavior, I have them try like journal. Okay, what about that bugged you? Like, is it really a big deal that he's he's like not sitting still, perfectly still, the way you want him to? Is it really a big deal that he cleaned his room, but the, the boxes aren't perfect and it's not exactly how you want it, but it's still clean, like he achieved it. It just wasn't the way you wanted it. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's important to realize why we react the way we do, why we do what we do, why we think what we think. And parenting, I think that's a large piece of it is realizing that our kids are more than just our kid. That's a human being with the mind. And we have to be mindful of of our daily language, the way we speak. And the easiest way I have found working with families to do that is to take the damn titles off, put the labels down and think about like, do you wanna be yelled at? I mean, would you like to be told no all day long? Don't do that, Luke, don't do that. Why are you doing that? What's wrong with you now? You know, I mean, all, could you imagine all day long?
0: I think a great way to, to uh, put this into perspective is, uh, for example, your child does something wrong or is whatever they're doing. And then there's another child that's not your child. How would you react to the other child compared to your child? True. True. And it would be different. So treat your child the way that you would treat that other child. That's not yours. Like for example, the child fell over. Would you, would you, the, the child that's not yours, you would, you would most likely go and pick that child up and say, Oh, where's your mummy? Are you okay? But if it's your child, it's like, come on, get up. You're, you're all right. You know, it, you, you that's would, great. You would treat it differently.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's actually a really good um, way to describe it because that's true. And the other thing I've learned working with parents is, Oftentimes there's like this embarrassment piece or this guilty piece. Like I, I can't believe that's my child acting like that or, or um, feeling at fault for what's going on. And the truth is, is there's nothing to feel guilty about or embarrassed about, you know, like I had an angry child and for a brief moment, I, I can now look back and see, you know what I was, I was embarrassed by his behaviors, but it's not about me all the time. you know what I'm saying? Like you have to embrace each other for who we are, and that means your children as well. seeing them for the people that they are, and learning to you can't control or confine or shut down that that's not what parenting's about.
0: I think that the hottest thing. And look, I just want to stress this, you know, I'm not a parent, you know, I've got four, I've got four, uh, sorry, three older sisters, 10 nieces and nephews, I've grown up in their houses, (laughs) right? So I've been around kids, but I'm not a parent. And so, uh, you know, people out there can say, you haven't even had your own kids. So how can you speak like this about parenting? But I've had my own experiences with it. And I know that when I do have a child, if I do have a child, if I'm blessed to have a child, that it will change my life. I'm very aware of that. And it will change my perspective completely hundred percent. But from what I do know, um, children, they need attention and being a parent, it's not about making them be like you. It's about allowing them to just be, right? And we grow up in this culture, society, expectations of religion and indoctrination and uh, different, uh, you know, again, uh, the way that we were raised, the way our parents were raised. Mm -hmm. And again, we have, or people out there, I know this is a fact, you, you grow this emotional attachment where you feel like you own that child, but actually you don't own that child that that's just another human being that you are you've been presented with this gift so that you can be a guide you're a guide to to support this child to grow up evolve and be its best self not be like you not do what you do but you teach it the best way that it can live its best life according to its own truth and that's very hard to actually think that way as a parent because what do you naturally, you know, the way you've been raised? So you want to do the same thing as what you experienced, right? Not, not step out of the box and say, "Hey, whatever you choose to do and believe in, I support you 100 percent."
1: Yeah, How and
0: much then difference would that make in a child's life? You right, know? and then like
1: the way I grew up, I grew up with the mentality is, I would never be like my family. So I was complete opposite, right? Which is why like the communication piece was so vital for me with my kids. But then having that challenge with my child and then growing and learning through it, I realized I wasn't like my family, but I had shut off a complete other part of me. Like I literally just had pieces of me shoved in a box, not dealing with my childhood or not dealing with issues or not facing the things I needed to face in order to grow. You know, oftentimes I think parents, all of us do the best we can with what we know. I think our kids nowadays, they're so smart. They're so exposed. Like they're more, they're, they're more, I don't want to say mature. Mature is not the right word. They're evolving quicker than we did. Like I have conversations with eight year olds that I wasn't even talking about until I was 15. That's, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's just a different, it's just different and we all have to adapt. We have to be open to adapting. You know, it's not about control and you know, the other cool piece, Luke, about working with the youth and the reason I I really love um, with the teenagers and when I'm in high schools and stuff you know a lot of parents learn from their kids you know so when you when I get the opportunity to teach these skills a lot of the kids go home and share with their parents and when I do the way I teach and I do the work I incorporate all angles so I get the parents involved But it's, it's actually a really beautiful way because then the parents come back around looking for more insight and open to that perspective shift. So it's about just talking about the skills and having the conversations so that we can all continue to learn from each other, whether or not it's a child or not. Learn from your kids because they give so many amazing opportunities for you to learn, for you to grow.
0: I think it's challenging as well being a parent because you kind of want the best of both worlds. It's like, you want to have a good time on the weekend. You want to invite people over. You want to uh, do all these different things. Uh, And so your children sometimes are put second, you know, they're not put first.
1: See, um,
0: I mean, it's, you have to have a balance in that, but it's challenging, especially if you've got four kids, like, you know, you, you, you're constantly on the move. You're constantly something going on in your mind that, you know, you need to execute on. And it's, it's so, it, it becomes really challenging because you want to time out, you know? And so See, I
1: guess, I guess it depends on your perspective. Um, I, from my, my own perspective, my own experience, I've never considered my kids not first or not a priority. Mm-hmm. So when I chose to have kids, that's a That's a life change you, you realize that you don't do some of the things you did when you weren't, didn't have kids. You know what I mean? So I don't look at it um, necessarily as like not putting them first. I feel that you adapt. Mm. So you make, you create like the kind of life you want. I, I would hope that people who start families have an idea of what, what they're wanting before they just start having kids. Right. Because it's it seems realistic to realize if you have four kids, you've got to have a plan, or you're you're going to be busy. But that doesn't mean that you you mistreat or you don't have time or you don't prioritize. You have to keep it in perspective.
0: How much does technology make a difference in your house?
1: Technology is huge. Yeah,
0: like do you have? Let- that like, me, times rules when you're allowed to use technology, when you're not allowed to use technology. Uh, and I do. How did you implement these kind of rules? Because obviously, today's day and age, uh, you know, I mean, it's fun. Like being a kid, I remember trying
1: having like video games, and that's all I wanted to do. Right. So for me, um, we do have technology, but we have like routines. So I'm pretty structured. Uh, and the kids do better when we have agreements in place in my household. Um, we work with, we all have buy-in. We all have agreements and they've learned and I have taught there's cause and effect. You know, What you, you there's always, right, cause and effect to everything. So with our technology, it's always turned off a couple hours before our bedtime. Depending if we're in school or not, what we're doing on the day they have access to technology. I don't not let them have it, but we do have restrictions. It's not like it's an eight hour thing. Um, I could tell you a couple of things I've learned. I, I have passcodes, I have restrictions on my phones. Our phones are all linked to monitor. You know, you gotta be cautious. You gotta be aware of what your kids are doing. And my kids don't watch, you know, Sexual stuff or adult content stuff and I will share with you that they come home and they're very knowledgeable about a lot of stuff And the reason I'm bringing this up is I want parents to realize that it doesn't matter if you have passcodes or restrictions or you think you control their phone They go to school and they're out of your they're not always with you. They get it from other people so technology can't get away from it so what works for me with technology is the open communication and I'll share with you like music. I know you like rap music. I like rap music. A lot of the language is not necessarily appropriate. Rap is the music of our, our kids. It is, it's poetry, it is expression. Um, I can't shut him down. So here, here's my point is my son listens to rap music. Our agreement is Listen, we know the language isn't good. If you start talking like that or acting like that, it's gone, restrictions, you don't get the music anymore. So it's about taking what that technology brings and teaching the skills to to handle it, to deal with it. And that's the benefit to the technology. But like we don't have technology at dinner. There's no electronics at my dinner table. We have family time, we talk, we hang out, We um, all of us. So when I say, if we put our phones down, I put mine down too. And I'll tell you another big game changer that I learned with my son and with all the challenges is you don't have to always have all the time in the world to give your kid, but I will tell you, if you just put the phone down and make eye contact and listen when they speak to you, like give them your full attention for just that couple minutes, minutes, that, that is connection that is showing them that you don't have to be distracted you know what i'm saying so it's like there's so many ways to connect with your kids that are small that we just need to talk about to remind people to do so i don't know if that answered your question i think i kind of went off on a tangent because i got a little sidetracked with technology
0: yeah look it's again it can be all trial and error and you've got to actually again be intentional uh, yeah. Be aware of, of what you want to, what kind of an environment do you want to create in your household? Because it is true, you, you are a product of your environment. So your children will become a product of the environment that they are living in. And so if you want them to grow and to evolve and to be authentic and to be open-minded and to live the best life, you've got to practice that. Yes. And if you don't yeah. practice that, then they're going to be closed. They're not going to be open. They're not going to have good communication. They're not going to understand what connection is.
1: Right. You have to, I think, I mean, I've learned so many lessons um, and I've grown so much with, within life. There's so many things that as adults, as people we do, Sometimes I feel as human beings, sometimes we complicate things when it's really doesn't need to be complicated. Um, sometimes we try so hard to, to keep everything so perfect for the kids. And, and this was, so before I had all this growth, I'm a very strong person. I grew up fast. I'm, I'm not necessarily emotional. I tend to, I handle stuff. I'm not gonna let you see me weak because before that would have been a weakness for me. So initially my kids never really saw me cry and stuff. I didn't talk about necessarily all my feelings. As I grew through this process after my son's um, challenges and whatnot, we grew so much together when I started sharing with them how I feel, how I think. When I started being and doing what I want, what they needed, that's when we started evolving. That's when I started learning that it starts within yourself. It starts with each and every one of us. So like as a parent, being willing to look at yourself and be like, okay, what, can, what, what do I do that's, what wouldn't I like? You know what I mean? And, and it's just being willing to look at yourself and be honest. You have to just be real with yourself.
0: Yeah, because you, you you wanna hold up this, this facade of of you know being the the dominant, uh, the one that's in control, the one that's in power. And you don't want to show your child that you're weak and vulnerable. But right. but that communication, which, you know, I've proved it, my communication, my willingness to to own up to all the things that I did when I was a child, you know, and and talk to my parents face to face at 35 years old and tell them about how i feel about my self how i was raised how i believed uh you know what was missing why i grew up to be the way that i was uh my willingness to to be vulnerable and to talk about how i felt very insecure And I didn't feel the connection with my parents as much as I wanted to. You know, I was the young, but just my willingness, that action, that communication to sit with them and speak and share with them my story of why I feel, why I feel triggered, why I get emotional, why I'm sensitive, you know, that has changed my life. And theirs. like, there is so much love in my house. Now there's so yeah, much beautiful communication. There's like, I'm, I'm so blessed, you know, yeah. I know that this is not going to last forever. So now I'm just so aware of not taking this time for granted. And when I get the time, when I'm not working, I sit with them and I spend time with them. And, and what is it from? It's from vulnerability. It's yeah. from being open. It's from yeah. not being afraid to address. For example, man, you know, I'm playing funny, funny buggers with my mom. I have cold hands a lot. I walk up to my mom all the time and I get my hand and I put it on her neck and she screams because I've got cold hands <laughs> and she doesn't like it. Right. And so I kept doing it. I kept doing it. I kept doing it to the point where I found it very funny. She started getting annoyed. Right. And then mm-hmm. when she said that to me, she actually said, you know, Don't, that's not very nice. It's not, when she started talking that way, that's not respectful to your mother, this and that something hit me. And I felt, I felt like I'd been, I'm, I'm like, I felt uh, guilty, you know, and I walked away and then I, and I thought to myself, you know, I think maybe you hurt your mum's feelings. And so I went back to my mom and I said, mom, you know, did I, did I offend you? Did I make you feel uh, like that? I was disrespecting you. And and if I did, then I'm sorry. You know, I was just mucking around and, you know, just, um, I thought it was funny, (laughs) you know, but it was just my uh, willingness and open openness to actually say sorry and communicate even yeah. if I didn't need an apology, but the fact that I cared enough and and was open enough to to go and approach the situation—that's what we most sometimes. Most of the time, we don't do that because we're afraid of saying sorry. We're afraid of judgment. We're afraid of doing that. And so, yeah, you know, I went and did that, and uh, again, open dialogue—it opens the door to more communication, to more connection, uh, and. And now, like, not only from that, but just from all the other connection and and attention that we've been giving each other, it's provided just more of an understanding and respectable environment. Right.
1: Do you know, the three, can I share the three most common things that I hear from teenagers? And it's interesting because I hear it from parents too. And this has been over the last few years of working with things. Our youth, the teens say that they're afraid to speak their truth with their parents and talk because of three things. They're afraid of being considered um, disrespectful. They're afraid of being punished. And they're afraid of just not being listened to. Like they just don't get listened to. So why bother? Parents have the same three things. They wanna be, they don't get heard, they're not listened to, they're not respected, and they're not recognized, like seen for what they do. So they're not valued. Our kids and us parents want the same thing, but we're missing the piece of how we get there. So it's like when you start talking about these skills and you give these teens the skill sets to understand how to communicate a little bit better, like tweaking perspective and understanding tonality and understanding how to actually navigate a conversation. They get to go home and practice that with their parents, which helps their parents then let their guard down to actually start communicating. My point is, is that you're 35 and you just did this with your parents. Could you imagine if this was part of our education system and we taught our young kids this, and these were the homes that we had For our children, that we are raising children like this, where we could, our kids could tell us how they really felt and thought, and we're not going to punish them for it, or we're not going to judge them for it, or we're not going to tell them that's wrong just because they're a kid. But we just listen. It would change. It'll change society. It'll change the. It'll lower suicide rates. You know, it's. That's the piece that we need to get back to is, is this connection piece, this communication piece and working parents, allowing our kids to have that and teaching that, you know, without taking it personable, like personally, and then attacking our kids because they say something we don't like. If you know what I'm saying? So I, I I, I applaud you for what you did. Even the part of sitting down and reading back to your parents, your experience, I can tell you that the way I run my house and my kids I'm, um, is very different than my entire family. And my, my family doesn't necessarily understand why I do the things I do and how I do it. Um, so when you're speaking about reading your stuff back to your parents, I just think how amazing that would be to be able to do that and to let go the way that you got to. And then I just think that I, I could just see them not being able to handle it. And it, I, what I'm trying to say is what you did was really powerful and it's inspirational. And you just gave me something else to add to my list that I want to accomplish and work towards. Yeah, man. Like so, imagine,
0: imagine sitting down and your 35 year old son is talking to you about his cocaine addiction and, yeah. and his insecurities and uh, being at, your mother's funeral and during a table during a celebration at one of the family's house he's going to the bathroom to to snort some cocaine yeah imagine hearing that from your son you know so that kind of open dialogue for me was liberating but at the same time i didn't realize how healing it was going to be yeah but The other thing of my experience when my mother, uh, you know, she pulled on my pants and she said, oh, you need to eat some more. You get, you're too skinny. That triggered me so much. Like I literally at 35 years old, I could not, I actually think about it now. I'm like, wow, I, I completely lost it. Like because I'd been, judged for so many years about my physical appearance and somehow I was led to believe that, you know, I was not normal and I'm different. And, uh, and, and I, I believed those, those words, those, those lanky skin, yeah. you need to eat more, uh, cause you need to put on some weight. If you don't, then that's not normal. And so for her to do that to me, even, even though she was probably joking, right. Mm-hmm. And me react the way that I reacted. I, like, I literally said, F off. And I, I stormed into my room and I slammed the door like a little child, like a 14, yeah. like a 14 or a 10-year-old child. And I sat in my room and my heart was racing and I'm sitting here and I was like furious. And I started writing. And, and part of the, part of what I was writing was, was like, I literally said that I felt like I wanted to kill her. That is how much pain and hatred I had at that point. Yeah. And, and I read that back to her when I was sitting down and I was, I was reading uh, what I had written, like with those 12 pages, that was part of what I read back to my parents of how I was feeling in that moment. Yeah. You know? And and it, and and that's that's the that's the magnitude of how deep I take things, and that's emotional intelligence. Because as you address that, and and you communicate that, you release that, and it brings yeah. your awareness again to your self worth, to acknowledging who you are, validating yourself, not yeah. being codependent and relying on other people to give you uh, that that love and attention that you that you need to to thrive in life. Right. And, and that's what it taught me. You know, it taught me that I have to be, I have to have my own back, you know? And, and so now I do. So I welcome, I welcome judgment. Bring it on.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. I just, it's, that's awesome. That's really cool. I mean, it's a beautiful process. Um, to peel back the layers and to get vulnerable and to get real. And it's like when I'm working with my with parents, I'm like, the most important piece is to ask questions to yourself, but then you got to answer them honestly. And then being okay with that. Like, it's okay to feel the way you feel or to think the way you think. You have to take responsibility for it, you know? The longer you hide it and, and shove it down and stuff, that's what's more damaging. And I'll share this too. One of the most common things that come up when I work with our youth in, in working with kids is kids that live in homes or have divorced parents. This is a topic that comes up all the time because the kids are put in the middle and they get all this energy and stuff and, and they're literally pitted against each like parent. It's crazy what I hear from our youth. And I can tell you as I am divorced now. My husband and I chose to end our marriage. Um, But it was done from a place that we knew was healthy. And our kid, we all get along better. Now, our kids, they share with people how much happier everybody is and how much nicer the environment is. And as adults, we just have to get over our fear and just be real with ourselves and make the decisions and realize that how we feel and what we know inside is okay. There's no wrong or right, our emotions. And like with my son, his anger and destructiveness dude. we all get angry. We all get pissed off. There's nothing wrong with anger that you have to teach and educate on how to control it, how to handle it. What do you do with it? You know, Mm -hmm. and, and, that's a lot of the missing pieces that no one talks about. I mean, think about it. Parents oftentimes just punish. We just punish. We just take, or you discipline, but no one ever really takes a minute to take a step back and let's talk about, well, dude, we get pissed off as adults. How do we handle it? Let's teach our kids this stuff. And, and that's, that's why I'm so passionate about just constantly talking about things.
0: Look, I I experienced a divorce with my sister and I lived with her while she was, you know, three kids at home and dealing with Mm -hmm. the conflict of going through a divorce and uh, parents not being together. And yeah, yeah, you you can definitely, you know, say that you should do it this way or, you know, it's negative energy, you know, there's a lot of negativity. The children are exposed to this bad environment and there's constantly bickering going from one side to the other. This per- this person said this, our dad said this and mom said this. And, you know, yeah. the kid goes to the dad and then kid says mom said this about you or whatever. Yep. And, and so there's that constant, the kids are stuck in the middle, but then I just want to take a step back here again and go, hang on a second. But the parents have never been through a divorce before either. And so, you know, it's like, you're doing your best at the same time. Like you've never experienced this in us, never studied it. Okay. Let's do a course on divorce. So that just in case we get divorced, we know how to handle it. Right. I mean, parenting is such a, such a huge responsibility. It is. And there's no course on parenting. Hang on before you, before you are allowed to have a child, first you need to go do a six month course so that you understand the magnitude of what you are about to do.
1: I tell you, I know that sounds crazy, but there is some, I mean, you have to, at least in California, I mean, you have to take classes and courses before you can get any kind of license or anything, but having a human being in a life, you could just, you know, no rules. It's all just have kids. But when you start understanding the psychology and the importance of parenting. Like, having a suicidal child taught me a lot because I think if as parents, if we did, if you were pregnant and there was some kind of way to gain insight, just to understand the the psychological, the emotional piece that happens in a child's life the first few years and what you do and how you speak, the impact that it has long-term, lifelong, would really help if parents understood the power we had and understood the importance of of awareness a little bit more uh, if that if, if that makes sense you know I, I feel we sh- there should be some type of parenting class we should talk about it i mean honestly if 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 we sat down with parents and and we You know, if we were in a room and everything you did, I corrected you and told you, no, not like that. Do it like this. Do it like that. No, no. What are you doing? And you got to experience and what it feels like. It it would just provide such a a different perspective on parenting. You know?
0: You know what? We've talked about parenting a lot and, and uh, you know what? It is a, uh, a really, really powerful, uh, conversation it's a powerful topic to talk about it's necessary you know Uh, again i'm not a parent uh you know i've had so much experience with my sisters and watching them grow and and the, the amount of time and energy and love and uh the way that they have to do everything that they do it's not just the parents obviously it's it's important that you have a supportive partner as well you know and and i've been able to experience that a lot and and hence with my own Uh, you know, connection with my inner child and my own healing journey of me being an individual, my awareness to my own, uh, how I was raised, uh, my attention to my own parents and the way that they are parenting and how they still try to parent me. Uh, I have a lot of experience, I do. So I'll take that and give myself credit for that. But it's been an amazing conversation. You, You also brought in, I just wanna, just before we finish up, um i checked your instagram about a few days ago actually and and i only reason i know that i was doing uh, getting prepared to do an interview with you but the other reason why i went on there was because i was like oh i want to go and see if there's any more videos of spike i want to see i have one there. and and I, I didn't find one and I was like, oh, come on. You know, I knew she only did a couple and I haven't seen another one. And so I wanted to find out what's going on with Spike and, and just give us a bit of a quick uh, kind of an intro or a, just a, a quick word um, on, on what's happening with Spike.
1: Absolutely, and a I, have Spike. A, <laughs> I have a video and I actually have your name in the video because I'm like, dude, Luke, this is for you. So, okay, Spike is a white throat monitor. If anyone doesn't know what that is, it's a lizard that gets as big as like a little dog, like quite large. He's huge now. And I started. How big, to, how
0: big is he now?
1: Oh my gosh. Um, I'm going to have to. I'm, Can you got to get him? He's not. He's at my brother's oh, house, or else man. I would. <laughs> but he's huge. And like the 30 reason,
0: centimeters long?
1: Um. He doesn't even fit like my fingertips to my, he, he extends over my shoulder now.
0: Really, that, that yeah. big? He's big. Wow. Like
1: I put a leash on him now. What? Yeah, he's cool. He's cool. Oh my God. So, let me tell you what prompted that video. So I've, I've never liked lizards. I'm not a snake lizard girl at all. And then my brother went and got this animal And something about him just was intriguing. So I started messing with him a little bit. He took to me, he really likes me. But as I was doing all these videos and prepping for my classes that I teach, I started noticing the skill set that came with facing a fear, like going to touch a lizard, how he made me feel, all these things. And I thought, you know what? This is life right here. I'm not, I'm afraid of him. And I say, I don't like him, but I say I don't like lizards, but it's because I'm not familiar with them. I don't know them. I've never experienced it. And then I get to experience and I realize I'm really not afraid, right? And how often in times in life do we say things like that? So I've used Spike as, um, as a learning tool and I'm gonna continue using him actually. So my son, he actually taught my son a lesson that I had been trying to teach my son forever. Um, my son that's now 12, he's a force, like he's a strong personality. And you know how we talk about energy. If you come in the room, people feel you. If you're in a bad mood, people feel you. If you talk in a tone, it matters. Right. And he'd always just say, Oh, mom, you and your energy. I, you know, he doesn't get it until he went to reach for spike. And he was, his energy was hyped and spike got all defensive and hissed. And I looked at him and I said, he backed up all scared. And I said, you know how we were talking about energy. I go, animals feed off it the same way as people do. So why don't you try practicing some of the stuff, you know, we talk about to calm him down, which is his deep breaths and realizing when he needs to like collect himself. And he did that. And he came back in for Spike and Spike was cool. And he looked at me and he go. my son looked at me and he goes, all right, so maybe you were right about the energy. It took the lizard for him to see the reaction off of the lizard, to understand his own energy and what, how powerful he is. The reason Spike hasn't had a video for a while is he went through this aggressive phase and my brother was gonna get rid of him. And I said, "Whoa, hold on a second. You know, this is just like people, right? He's going through a phase. Let's figure out what's going on. I did a little bit of research on him and my brother wasn't, we, was, he wasn't getting fed right. So he was actually hungry, which was making it act out more aggressive. Right? Like so what kind of this, things
0: was he doing to be aggressive?
1: Like he would literally leap out of the cage. Like when we had open it to feed him, he would come at the cage charging and then would start leaping off of the, the ledges, like the little things that we have for him to climb on. It would, It was just like with his mouth open and their teeth, I mean, monitor shred. So their teeth, I guess, are, I mean, it's, it's not a good thing at all. So it got to where I couldn't take him out for a minute after I researched it and I changed things and I educated my brother on him, dude, he's cool. Now I just shot another video with him last week, uh, last week I just need to edit it and I'm going to put it up because the whole point was my brother just wanted to get rid of him, right? He is not acting the way I want him to act. He's not behaving the way I want him to behave. He's out. I'm like, wait a minute, you can't do that. Now, keep in mind, I'm a parent, right? I can't, if my kid acts the way I don't like or with all this stuff going on in society, how many of us have friends that share different views than we do? My point is, is we couldn't just take this animal, this living thing and just throw it away because he wasn't acting the way we wanted him to act without doing a little bit of homework. The way I did my video was... Look at how many people are doing this to their friends. Just because you don't share the same viewpoint as I do. F you, you're out, you're wrong. And drawing all these hard boundaries, I'm like, this isn't isn't how we're designed. It's not what we're made to do. If we seek to understand each other, like I chose to learn a little bit more about Spike and figure out what could possibly be going on to understand him better, dude, now he's cool again why don't we do that as people it's okay that we have different perspectives and different viewpoints on all the hot topics going on right now. That doesn't mean we have to hate on each other and throw each other out or kick each other to the curb. Um, so yeah, but he's good now. He's good. You will see him soon.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. Yeah. I can yeah. Uh, you know, he's getting bigger so he doesn't bite. He, he doesn't like try to bite you at all or anything like that.
1: He's no, he's really cool. He likes me. I'm like, literally Luke, I've never seen a lizard when he hears my voice and I'll talk to him for a minute. He will like start to close his eyes. And then when I pet him, he literally lays his whole head in and his neck in like a dog. I've never, I didn't even know a lizard could act like that or behave like that.
0: Yeah. I was watching your videos with my sister and I was like, man, I want one of those, you know,
1: he, so I, I just it was
0: really cool. He's
1: yeah, it's it's learning, but it's again, it's that's life, right? Animal, person, doesn't matter, parent, kid, boyfriend, girlfriend, these skills that we talk about, this awareness, this willing to look at yourself, it's it's human, it's just nature. It's how we work. Mm. And and if we can all reconnect to that, that's that's where we need to come back to. And that's why I'm so verbal and, and not embarrassed to talk about the difficult stuff, because there's no reason to be embarrassed. We all deal with it. We all experience it. We've just got to talk about it and then work through it. You know,
0: amazing Cassie. Yeah. It's been an amazing conversation. You know, I just want to acknowledge you for your like you mentioned, you know, you want to talk about it, you know, your ability and willingness to, to be open and to communicate and to share your story, uh, to take action on, you know, not only trying to help your son, but actually returning that into yourself and uh, wow. listening within to win is yeah. what you're about. And uh, is that is tripping. your branding, you know, but it's true. You have to actually go within yourself, you know, First. F- as well not only to say, okay, my son or my child or my daughter is unhappy, I need to help her, but you need to help yourself as well. You know, right. your, your, your children are your biggest teachers. And so I think it's just amazing the work that you're doing. I know that this is just the beginning of your journey and, uh, you know, the action that you've taken thus far is, is really inspiring. And it is a real blessing and honor to, be in your presence and your space and learn from you, be inspired by you and have met you in person. And I'm sure that in the future, we're going to meet again. Oh yes. Uh, And there's a lot in store, uh, you know, for us moving forward, but you know, I just want to congratulate you on everything that you're doing. And I know that uh, you're, you're really going to make more of a massive impact, the more as you grow and the more momentum that you build within yourself and your platform and your branding and your business and everything like that. So uh, you've got yes. some really, not only are you blessed, but your children are really blessed to have you in their life. And uh, yeah, it's amazing.
1: Thank you. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. It's really good to reconnect and have a conversation and to see you. And um, and I could say everything that you just said to me right back at you. Because it, the cool thing about, I was talking to somebody about you the other day. Because we met a couple years ago, we were both kind of just starting, right? We were just... Figuring it out and, and then seeing how quickly we've each grown like different paths, but just watching us unfold, it's really amazing. Like there's no limit to what you can create and do when you set out to do it and you choose to, to make those changes, ask the hard questions and answer them. And so just um, keep
0: taking action. and enjoying the yeah. journey, you know, enjoying right? it.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I'm leaning into that more now, really enjoying the journey, you know, it was hard at the start, because you're like, you just you want that success, you want things to just happen. And, and, uh, and now I'm in a real power place of of peace and happiness. And uh, it's, it's a thrill.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, I I too work on that. Just being okay with realizing where you are is okay. And even when it's messy, it's okay. And I think just to tie up the parenting piece. That's what I would say to parents is it's okay that it's messy and that the household's not perfect and that your kid's not perfect. It's okay. You know, don't hate on it. Embrace it, grow from it, learn from it, like all of this and Thank you again for having me on. I, I am, I mean, I'm grateful to be here and be able to talk to you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Cassie, where can people find you?
1: Um, yeah, so I'm on social media, um, at listen within to win on Instagram and Facebook business page is listen within to win. I also have, if any parents by chance hear this or anyone that is struggling within the family or communicating, you can reach out to me at connectmecassie.com and fill out a short form. And I'd be more than happy to get on a short phone call to see if I can't help navigate or give you a couple skills to help shift perspective. So connectmecassie.com and then IG and Facebook at Listen Within to Win. And um, I'm totally open for conversations. I truly just want to help people realize that especially parents or with our youth that you're not alone and that we all struggle within the home. And there's a lot of lessons to be learned. So please reach out, follow me, connect, um, and let's create some changes. Let's do some good work together. You know?
0: Absolutely. Cassie, one final question before we go, what is your definition of loving yourself?
1: Ha. Huh. Something I learned with this whole process on my journey, for me, I realized I spent most of my life not owning my truth, hiding my truth, not ever really speaking my truth or giving myself permission to be fully who I am because I was always so worried about everybody else because it was my job to manage and take care of everybody else. What I've learned on this journey and through my children is – Loving yourself is being willing to be okay with how you feel and to say what you think and being okay with that. Making decisions that, that, are, that you really feel inside and it's okay. So now one of my non-negotiables is I will, I will always speak my truth and stand and I own it. I, I, I stand for me now. And I don't hide anymore. I don't tiptoe. My feelings are very important. So I think that's, for me, what it is. Owning your truth and being okay with it. Even if that means like making decisions like a divorce or whatnot, you know, you have to be true to yourself.
0: Amazing, Cassie. Thank you so much.
1: Yes, Luke. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to share this with a friend or on your social platforms and leave a rating on the Apple Podcast app. This really helps us and means the universe to me and my team. For more dope content and motivation on how you can live the life of your dreams, subscribe to my YouTube channel. The link is in the show notes. I am Luke Mindpower, the ultimate success coach, and if you want to find your power and purpose in life, simply visit my website, lukemindpower.com, for more info on how I can help you 10x your success. Sending you super love and positive energy. Peace. I'll talk to you soon.